Yeah, music, love, life. Crystal Jordan, be honest, and myself, Kevin Davis. We are music, love, life, and welcome back to a yet another episode. It's get, it gets more exciting Go every say time. say some shit. I already see the look on your no, face. No, I'm just saying every time it gets a little more exciting, don't you think? Really I think he's getting better at it. <laughs> Don Cornelius. I be see. I be trying not to sound like Russell Simmons. Like, thank you for coming out. God, God bless you. Good night. I wanted to switch it up a little bit. You should shit. do it like an accent. No, an accent. like an Asian he's gonna accent. Do the or zebra. He's going to no, do the not zebra. that British shit though. Don't do it. Don't do it. Zebra is the proper pronunciation. No, Nowhere, in the Nowhere in the world. Nowhere in the world. Well, it today. Is. Okay, so today we have a special guest <laughs> in the studio. Before you guys get into that, we have a special guest in the studio that's hanging out with us today. Is noted award-winning filmmaker and journalist Raheem Shabazz. He's actually uh, has three again award-winning documentaries on um, titled "Elementary Genocide" that basically exp- expose the school-to-prison pipeline that affects the African American community. Especially, not only is he a filmmaker and journalist, but he's also a noted Black uh, African American speaker that goes around the country speaking about different issues that are affecting our community. So, welcome, Raheem. Thank you, and I appreciate y'all having me here. For those that wasn't privy to the dialogue we had earlier, (laughs) this is a very informative podcast, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, we actually, you have your own podcast, Necessary Blackness, right? Absolutely. So, how long and how long have you been doing that? Um, about a year, about a year, a year, and about three months. Now, yours was kind of, it kind of came out of all the speaking engagements you were doing because you have a pretty big following that follow you around the country doing your speaking engagements mm-hmm. on your film. So how, how, has, uh, how has the show grown and what type of topics do you guys cover? Oh, the show has grown uh, exceedingly. Um, some of the topics we talk about, uh, polygamy in, in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how a lot of females are in polygamous relationships and don't even know it, so you might as well <laughs> practice polygamy. Might as well. And we talked what, about that, right? What does it mean, you know, in in, in the uh, traditional sense in Africa mm-hmm. and how it's been westernized and people are trying to practice it over here? Uh, we just had a, a, a politician on our show. We also just had a young lady that's... Um, going to be a part of the school board. Mm-hmm. And we just have those that are caretakers and um, gatekeepers in the community and just regular folks. And we speak about everything from black culture to our love for black people. I love it. Well, that's definitely great for tonight because we want to talk about something really serious. I mean, obviously we see that there's been continuous. I think last year was probably the most we've seen, maybe the last two years we've seen numerous uh, police shootings, and I've, I've watched your page, and you definitely talk about and speak out about this. Um, but it seems like we haven't really been able to, as a culture, come to any type of, you know, a, a arrangement or any solution to stop this, right? With the, with the shooting, the constant um, murders of young black men by the police. And it continues, people talk about it, but it just doesn't seem like any solutions are, are being made. I don't think that it's, I think that it's just because of the way people are interacting with it that we're getting to see it every week. It's been going on. Right. I I can't remember the stat, but I believe like for the past 10 years, it's like been like two a week. 
if wow. all the, if you count all the numbers of black people shot by police. That, now, that's including the ones that were violent and, and were aggressing the police also. Right. But even still, I think it was something like two a week, man. No, I think the um, the Malcolm X grassroots movement, um, they have data on it. And I don't want to be mistaken. I think they said that an unarmed individual is killed by the police every 24 hours. Wow. You know but that's man. white and black and everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's been happening in one form or another, really, since we got on the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, we didn't get on the boat. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> they, let's don't say we got willingly. on the boat. <laughs> they, they, um, since we were... They came over there and got us. But ever since we landed in um, Jamestown, Virginia in 1619, um, we had problems with the uh, our colonizers. <laughs> and um, a lot of people, what you got to understand is, you want to go back to that era... Um, the police is nothing but the uh, slave patrollers. If you look at the mm-hmm. badge that they wore back then, it's the same badge that they wear now. You know what I mean? And these are the same ones that they called the paddy rollers. So um, they they were slave catchers, and a lot of the audience and and the uh, laws that they had back then are some of the same laws that's still around here today. In right. fact, you know what? To to that point, I've saw I, I've saw some memes on social media lately that have been coming down my timeline that say that really what's been going on is like during slavery times there was a, a law called the Casual Killing Act, mm-hmm. right? So that if one of your slaves got out of place, you were allowed to kill him and not face uh, charges for murder or anything like that based on you know whatever the circumstances were. Yeah, it was right? your property. So they're saying that that. That casual killing act is the same thing that's going on right now. Yeah, it's your property. It's like if I take this phone and throw it on the floor and destroy it, nothing can't happen. That's my property. But if I destroy her phone, right. that's something else. But yeah, right. it's your personal property, you do what you want with it. And that's what um, black people was considered, people personal property. And you go back to the, uh, the Dred Scott ruling where it says that... Um, a black person has no right that a white man is bound to uh, respect. Wow. And um, Those are still what, on the books, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what mm-hmm. we're witnessing today. Well, I guess my, you know, I think that if, my opinion is if African Americans came together with not just some of us, you know, not just the whole tips or, or the, the intellectuals or, you know, the wealthy, but if we came together collectively um, and put a plan in action to actually stop this. I think that it 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 would be, they would they would have to respect it. But I feel like we do Instagram posts, we do memes and and Facebook statuses about it. But there's really no collective action against this. And maybe maybe people don't know what to do or how to stop it. Um, or maybe there's you know there there, there has not been a a um, solution that's proved successful but to me it's about us coming together as a collective you know whole and and working together to stop this this issue in our community which was especially um hurtful to me uh i mentioned it had a conversation with raheem earlier this week about the latest victim stefan clark and how a lot of african americans were deciding not to protest because it came out that he um had a preference to date outside of his race and i think you know, when you're looking at an issue as big as this and the fact that this young man's life was taken, shot 20 times, I believe, and eight eight times actually in the back. He shot at 
I shot at times. 20 times, but actually eight, eight of bullets them. in his back. Right. What does who he dates have to do with that at all? You know what I mean? I want to come back to um, the issue you said about everybody coming together later, but I don't want to jump off of your topic first. So remind me to come back to that. Right. But um, you you know how I feel about this this whole idea that the pettiness comes out so hard on social media. I don't believe everyone is qualified to speak on things. <laughs> I, I don't care. I know everybody says everybody has an opinion. Yeah, they do. But I don't think everybody is entitled to be able to just give that opinion. Sometimes people just got to shut up. And there's a lot of people that that don't have a dog in the fight and they're making a lot of they're making the most noise. And so that's why you see these things grow go viral and people are even considering not supporting this issue because of his dating yeah agenda. You it, know what I'm saying? It's like what? Who can That has nothing to do with the action. It's it's sad, but it's you know, to me it says that we as a people don't understand the gravity of the situation. People like people who look like me are getting shot. That's the gravity. Right. I mean, that, and nothing else really matters. Right. People who look like me are getting shot by people that look like something else. Right. But I think that comes up a lot. And I, I want I want to ask you, Raheem, because I think a lot of a lot of times with issues we get we get sidetracked from the main issue by petty things. And I think that's a form of self hate because there's nothing. I can't do anything to be dis- that that should qualify me to be discriminated against. The fact that I'm a brown-skinned woman is 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 enough for, for me to be discriminated against. It doesn't Absolutely. matter who I date, what I drive, um, if I have a hoodie on or not. You know what I mean? So I think we get we get sidetracked by little. Well, he shouldn't have been dressed like that, or he shouldn't date that person, or he shouldn't have been in that neighborhood, or he. It, and it's really like we have to understand that 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 is a way for our oppressors to. That's how they keep us mentally oppressed because we come up with so many things on our on our own of how we won't support each other. And those are, you know, what I like to call those. Those are dog whistle terms, right? And when I see a lot of black people, and I'm gonna call them low frequency slaves online, talking about we shouldn't support him because he didn't like black women. <laughs> And like you said, a lot of them don't have a dog in the fight. But one thing I will say, Marcus Garvey said that we are a people that's cursed by petty differences. Until mm-hmm. we overcome them differences, we're going to be in the same position. So we got to stop that pettiness. You know what I mean? Like when the police roll up on you, they don't know what's your sexuality, your sexual right. orientation, your, your religion, your political affiliation. They just know that you're a black man or a black woman and that's that's you one of them. That's at that that's point. ground right. for yeah. them to uh, uh, kill you without no repercussion. You know what I mean? And then you know, people. I, I read the post that that allegedly he he uh, put out because, as you know, someone else could have put that out. You know, right. propaganda is everything. You what know? was the post? What was the post? Um, something to the effect that. Um, he didn't want no babies from a black woman, and I think he had some kids from a, a Asian woman. Yeah, yeah. And he said some pretty, you know, not polite things about black women. Right. Um, but regardless to whom or what, right? Malcolm X chased white women and ate pork when when his name was uh, Detroit Little. Red. Uh, yeah, or Malcolm Little. Malcolm Little. Yeah. You know, then he got the knowledge itself, and then he became Malcolm X. But what about Detroit Red? Right. You know, he was able to evolve. You know what I mean? And he's one of the greatest men that walked the planet. You know, a lot of us have history and different things about us, like. 
A lot of these people, man, are, 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 are YouTube scholars. You know what I mean? They right. haven't read John Henry Clark book, right. Sheikh Anti Diop, Ivan Van Sertima. They get their information from YouTube. You know right. what I mean? And they're not on the front line. They're not part of no organization. They ain't social justice warrior. And they they doing us a disservice. You know what I mean? Like, I expect Fox News... <laughs> to say something like, look at all the black women protesting for this man. He didn't even like y'all. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, That's right. something that, they that will come saying, from one right. of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we saying it to ourselves. Right. And, 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 and don't get this wrong. You know what I mean? It's a small amount of us that's doing it. It's, 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 it's not a, a lot, but small enough for people to notice and... It to cause dissension. It cause yeah. dissension. And, and, and this is something that I, I tell people all the time. You know, we don't need no leaders in the black community. And and this is the reason why I say that is because, you know, they, they could always neutralize them. They could assassinate them. They could lock them up. What we need is codes. And there is a code of ethics. You know what I mean? And we got to stay on code. Like, if me and you have a disagreement, just by the virtue of you being a black man, oh, we going to settle that behind closed doors, but I will never go on the open enemy's platform and criticize you. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Just certain codes and certain things we don't do. You know what I mean? Like me and you might not agree on nothing else, but you ready to eradicate uh, police brutality. So I'm going to work with you on that. You know what I mean? Right. And and that's what the open enemy does. They don't even like each other. Right. You know what I mean? They are mortal enemies. But when it comes to uh, uh, yielding and holding on to that power... Oh yeah, they they on the on the same page, and and that's what we have to get to. I've heard, we we talked about this on this on this show before that there's an idea of being emotionally un, uh, irresponsible. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, um, it seems we get caught up in the emotion of things, and that's something that that really really, I think, hurts us in the long run because we're it's a passionate emotional response and not a strategic impactful response Mm -hmm. you know you are moved by a post before you even see what that post is about you know you hear something on youtube and before you can even research what that is really about you've been you you're moving on on impulse and you know for us to be online and i'm not saying that that, like some of the things that happened with uh h&m and h&m that was horrible the dove ad that people saw and went crazy about like to me the police brutality is a far bigger issue than dove showing a woman washing off and you know turning a different color especially when you looked at the ad in its in its totality but i think we are moved by emotional um it's, it is propaganda, you know, it's, it's kind of like things to, to distract us that are petty to distract us from the things that are really, truly happening. And, and, and everything from police brutality to children, young, young children being targeted and being, um, I guess, almost grouped to become, you know, prisoners. That's a bigger problem yeah. Then you know, so, um, if if Bruno Mars is uh, <laughs> cultural, cultural appropriation, appropriate. <laughs> like <laughs> that so, is not something that we need to be trending about. It's just like a way for us to forget about what's really happening. But that means the black men got to go back to the house. We got to go back to the houses. 
Are you all gonna what do that? What you mean that? we gotta go back to the because house? What says that we left? No, we left. And the reason the reason why the evidence of that is the emotional reaction to everything. Because that's that I'm not I'm not trying to belittle women, but that's an a, that's a a feminine trait. Well, I the mean, emotional response to let's, stuff. Let's is talk feminine. about this because in terms of like, for example, when things began to peak in society, right? I think that was Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. right? And I know myself, I was engaged in social media a lot about Trayvon, about Alton Sterling, about Tamir Rice, about all of the killings, mm-hmm. right? Or the ones that and, made the media. Right, and, right. and, and participating in protests mm-hmm. and, and organizations and doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? To be be honest, all of those things, like, but I haven't said anything about Stefan Clark. Right, mm-hmm. and reason being is because a lot uh, when you're following it mm-hmm. that heavy, and you you're speaking on it so much, and you get to talking so passionately and getting into debates and arguments with this person and that person and so on and so forth, it drains you. Mm-hmm. It drains your energy, and right. after a while, for if you're a healthy person. Mm-hmm. You have to let go of it a little bit just to regain your sanity. Right. Like I found myself walking around all the time angry or ready to go there. Like or, soon as somebody or said crying something, online. yeah, I was ready to go. That too. <laughs> no, no bullshit. Because I saw, uh, I went to see Birth of a Nation. Okay. The the day it came out, and the next day, like I worked all day, whatever, went to see it, slept on it, and the next day I just found myself grieving. I found my, and, and I couldn't stop it. Were I couldn't stop it. I was grieving just, for the ancestors, he man, was, and what they did he to was. us. He was, but were you by a woodshed, though? I was in my front yard. <laughs> okay. Why did you the tears of woodshed got to do It looked like he was on Did you have a piece of hay straw in your mouth? He put on Facebook, but he was he was on there crying. Basinator. And it looked like he was in. It looked like he was in front of a of a woodshed. It did. It looked it like. Did. I was, I was okay, on my can, front I, can I add on? Can I add I have on to something you said? Yeah. Um, you were saying that we about need the dads. To, yeah. Now, and I and I was showing this to uh, Crystal earlier, right? There's a CDC report, right? And you know the CDC hasn't always been kind to black folk. Right, right, right. So when they say something good about black folk... You got to take it. You got to hold you gotta, on. You got to at least if look it's, at it. If it's, if it's 65% good, that means it's 6,500% good. But they came out with an article and it said, the absent black father myth totally debunked by the CDC, right? And they talk about how blacks... Fathers might not always be in a in a two family household, but they come and visit right. at more than any other ethnic group. They 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 provide for their uh, children more than any ethnic group, and they are actively in their lives. You know what I mean. But the only problem is, is that we don't live in that household. You know what yeah. I mean. But that's good to like, know, though. Huh? That's good. But, to know. I was actually so, I was shocked because because Raheem sent me the article. And I think the thing that stuck out to me was the time, the time, the the the, the quality time. They're saying that that yeah. that fathers that are black fathers that are out of the house when they get the kids, they re- they really do spend time. And a lot of other cultures don't go to the park, go, take them to the mall, go to the movies, yeah. you know, things like that. And when we was together. What was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. You you were smiling. I was like, "What you smiling yeah. at?" And he was like, "Look at that brother right there." Holding his baby, he was proud. He was walking walking down the street in, 
you know, dressed in hip hop gear with this tiny baby. So I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm a little concerned because there's no blanket on the baby. <laughs> and, you know, I'm doing the mom thing. <laughs> right. But he walked across and it, it was iconic. really, it was really, really sweet. To me, that's like the most tender thing that you can see when you see it. And we see it a lot now, black men really with their kid. You'll see him at the movies. You see him at the mall, maybe yeah. dropping a little girl off to get her hair done. Um, and I think we hadn't that that the article was, and I appreciate you for bringing that to my attention because a lot of times we think of the dissension, mm-hmm. and even if he doesn't have the financial wherewithal yeah, to do your what presence, just the being presence there. and mm-hmm. actually taking that yeah, time, and they, you know, they respect that more than yeah, anything. yeah. I can totally believe those stats. My dad was not in the household, but I saw my dad all the time, and regardless, he came over on Saturday or Sunday. And we hung out every week. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely... And then, of course, I had custody of my kids. Yeah. So I, I can definitely believe that stuff. I'm glad you... I need to read, read up on that. That's a good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely send it to you. And see, that is why it's good that we tell our own story. Because, right. you know, they're never going to uh, give us the correct narrative. And you always going to see where they're saying that the black man is not in the household and that's why the kids of this generation is doing what they want and this, that, and them. But we can't, we can't negate the fact that there are a lot that are not. Oh, yeah, they right? are. They yeah. are. But um, it's just like that in every other, in every other right? Group, you know what I mean? So it's just, you know, a lot of people try to pin that on the ills of society when a lot right. of times it's economics. Yeah, definitely. You know, economic. if you have more jobs, there's always going to be less crime. Right. You know, if you have programs and, and different activities for the kids and they live in a neighborhood that's conducive and, and proper education. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that environment, then things are going to be different. And that all leads to how society is run, you know what I mean? And right. how starting from the school system. You know, where they um, criminalize them at a young age. You know, you got uh, kids that are learning how to serve a sentence before they're able to write one. You know, you got kids that go to school and can be suspended. And suspension leads to you dropping out. Because statistically, if you suspend it more than two times, there's a high probability of you dropping out. You could get suspended for... uh, Willful defiance, meaning your teacher told you to sit down, but you might have sucked your teeth or took longer than she expected. Little things like that. Yeah. You know? And it's um, interpretation of how that teacher, mm-hmm. and often it's a non-African-American teacher there, Absolutely. You know what? You know thing. what's really scary, though, about that school system thing is that, um, I, I don't know, you know, depending on what's, what, what city you live in and what neighborhood you live in, you may not recognize that in some of the lower economic neighborhoods, there's a utility officer in the school that works at the school. And this is a police officer for that city or county. And what happens a lot of times is simple things like fights or shoves, pushes, whatever. If any of those include a teacher, then what they start doing is they start looking at trying to make it a felony because it's on government property. And there's a real official police officer that works at the school. So Mm -hmm. there's somebody on site who can testify in court Mm -hmm. against that young man. I had one of the students I was teaching in the the music program at North Atlanta. um, He got called out into the hall and the teacher was being completely irrational, screaming in his face or whatever. The, The young guy pushed him against the wall and the utility officer was walking up. They tried to get him on like some type of uh, felony, yeah, batter, some type of. But because of the how the aggravated essence of it, and it being on government property, it could be a felony. And they really tried to, you know, what I'm saying they really tried mm-hmm. to make it. They didn't stick, but they really tried to make it a felony. And imagine you haven't Don't graduated ruin his yet. Life. 
Yeah, you haven't even graduated yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I... But see, yeah. this is another thing a lot of people don't know, right? And you spoke about um, having teachers that doesn't reflect our overall view of from our culture, right? Public school is taught by predominantly white females, right? And 25% of them, 75% are white women, but 25% out of that 75% are married to law enforcement officers. So here it is. Yeah, yeah. you have the white woman that miseducates you, and then you have the white man that physically locks you up. And both of them works hand in hand. And then when you look at the New York uh, uh, State Teachers Retirement Fund, right? 14... A million dollars. I think it's fourteen or one hundred and forty. I might be getting my numbers mixed up. Of that is invested in private prisons, so they have an incentive (laughs) to send you to jail. Right. So all you have to do is follow the money, and then these private prisons, when you go on a website, CCA, you know their model is. If we build it, they will come. Yeah, and then they got sick. the ticker the thing dreams. right there for the stock market. And it mm-hmm. shows you that when Obama was in office, and then you see it go up when Trump was in office. Wow. You know I, mean? mm-hmm. I, I don't want to stop you. I want to make sure that we reference that uh, Raheem's uh, award-winning documentary series, Elementary Genocide. Um, and I remember when we was putting that together, it's a very, very uh, thought-provoking yeah. piece. So if you can talk a little bit about the three installments and, and what you've learned, you know, doing these. I can put them on the screen. Yeah, he's got them on the okay. screen. What you've, what you've learned and what has been the response to, these, uh, to this documentary series. All right. First, I want to I thank Crystal, right? Because Crystal came up with the name <laughs> Elementary Genocide, right? And she was like primary to penitentiary, right? That was the first original name of it. My sister was telling me, nobody's going to understand primary to penitentiary. You're trying to reach kids that are not going to understand that. So I changed it to the school to prison pipeline. But when I had the idea and I was telling Crystal now, I want to remind people this was 2010. I didn't release this until 2013. So this was before uh, the documentary, The 13th. You know what I mean? If you look at that documentary, it's a lot of elements that came yeah. out of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not mad at it because I don't have a monopoly on, on the truth and more people learn about it. That's better. But this one right here, it talks about how the um, government and the school system look at the reading levels of third and fourth graders and they're able to determine how many prisons they're going to build in the next 10 to 15 years. Because if you're not reading on grade level, there's a 75% chance you're going to end up in prison. Mm. I'm going to try to run it down real quick. This is Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And what we do in this one, we go back to the landmark ruling of Brown versus Board of Education, and we ask the proverbial question, has it done more harm than good? We know it does more harm because even Martin Luther King said he felt he was setting us in a burning house in the end, right? So that's that one. This one right here is the last and final installment. This is called Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. And what we're doing in this documentary, we're showing that the assassination of your mind, the assassination of your critical thinking is no different than the assassination of black and brown bodies in the streets. Mm. And um, these are uh, award-winning bestsellers <laughs> on Amazon. And um, this took me all over the world. And um, I gave birth to this idea and Crystal was there every step of the way, you know, like she helped me tremendously. In fact, 
you helped me write the back of this, you know? Um, and we went back and forth until I got it right. So um, this deals with um, police brutality and it all ties in. Yeah, and I know? think, you know, before... Um, I, Raheem and I know each other from the music industry. He's a, a, a very provocative music journalist and had worked with pretty much every hip-hop artist on uh, commentary on them and had a site, Rasha Entertainment. So... Um, it was good to see his growth and seeing some of the negative things that hip hop does and, and seeing the way people were attracted to salacious content. He wanted to be a part of actually re-educating the mindset on that. And that's kind of, you know, so it's been good to see that growth. And that's another, to your point, you know, with this young man, we don't know who he could have become. You know, we talk Absolutely. about Tupac at, you know, all that he did at 24. Imagine if he had been able to evolve to be, 30, 35 years old, not even saying that it matters who you want to date. You know, if you choose to date someone outside of your race, that should have nothing to do with your rights to live and not be shot down like a an animal. You know, they don't even shoot an animal down like that. That would be considered cruel. I guarantee you if if an animal was shot 20 times, there would be an outcry from non-African Americans that would Victim that would put that whoever day. did that absolutely would be gone, would be in prison. Do you remember, it was probably a month ago or probably two months. Days go by so fast to me, right? But it was no more than two months ago. The uh, state representative got a law passed or audience or whatever you want to call it. It got passed within 24 hours when the dog died in the yeah. overhead bend. yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and on the plane. On the plane. So mm-hmm. it's not like things can't happen overnight. You Quick. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of times <clears throat> I feel like, you know, John Henry Clark, he said that, you know, marching, the only thing it does is wear out a good sole of shoes. You know, and, and I think marching, it keeps the uh, cause in the public's eye. Mm-hmm. You know, people come out, you know, you, you tell them what's going on with the case and and you educate people about the facts surrounding the situation. And, and But it, there comes a point where we got to stop the marching because it's not not doing nothing. You know, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now, I, I feel like, especially in terms of... Um, in terms of sending a message... To the public, right? Yeah. Whether you're promoting a movie or a CD or or just talking about something that's going on in, in current events, there's no there's no shortcut around touching the people, yeah. right? You still, if you want to get ten sales, then you got to go touch a hundred people, absolutely. Right? It's a I mean, that's game. right. That's normally how it go, right? Um, but the thing that I don't like about protests is that it puts people in harm's way, right? Like, I totally get that you want to go out to the streets and in large numbers, but there's nobody there to protect you either. So when somebody, when when the enemy wants to come and drive a car through like they did in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. they were, it, it would be different if they assembled in a certain area, if they did it at a football field or something like that, maybe where there's walls around, right? But when you're just doing out in the streets, a lot could happen. But you know, you know, one of the tactics for that is when you stop traffic, you want to make people feel uncomfortable. You know, like if you a lawyer or a judge and 
you just left your job in downtown Atlanta and you got to drive to Buckhead and it took you five hours to get there, you're going to be mad and pissed. You know what I mean? So, you, 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 like, Yo, if you seen the protests, like they protesting, they going by restaurants and people in there eating and, you know, middle, you know, uh, um, middle income people, like nothing, a key in the world. And they go and they shut that down and they make them uncomfortable. And I think that's why a lot of people do the protesting and shutting down the bridge and different things like that. And I do understand, like you do put yourself in a vulnerable position. But you, 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 we, we got to come up with something. And there are certain organizations that have some good uh, solutions. And I'll give you all one quick one real quick. Is that um, we need to start putting life insurance on us. You know, if Absolutely. all of us had a million dollar policy on us, oh, the, the, the insurance agency <laughs> will have lobbyists in, in Congress. <laughs> like, yo, this is stopping the day. We just right. lost we cut $10 too many million dollars this month alone for police killings. You know yeah. what I mean? Then um, these, these officers, you know, instead of um, the city paying out $180 million to families and $10 million and $20 million, the, the, the police need to be sued. He need to lose his pension. He need to lose his The insurance job. company would go after the yeah, department. Yeah. And each police need to be insured. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? He lose a case, the, the insurance company got to pay for it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I guarantee you it'll stop tomorrow. I think that... that um what do you think about that concept? Well, no, something you said earlier about the life insurance policy. See, I think that a lot of people have the game switched up so bad. Like, we don't have generational wealth, and mm -hmm. it's because of people not understanding life insurance, right? Yeah. Right. So if you did go get it, if you went and got a million-dollar policy, you got one, I got one, you got one. What we're allowing to happen is when we die, now our family can benefit from our death, mm -hmm. right? But so instead of us trying to put money in a bank and save it and getting right. CDs and, you know, market money market account, that shit really is not the same thing as generational wealth. We'll, we'll right. probably right. get some, we'll have some bread, but if I guarantee you, if you decided to, instead of saving that money, mm -hmm. put it into a life insurance policy that, that your mm -hmm. kids will be able to, to break open once you're dead, mm -hmm. You're starting them off in a whole other place, and that's how that generational wealth starts. Right. Everybody that's that's wealthy, not rich, but wealthy, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. all have those types of policies. Right. Even though they have trust funds set up and other, it's that policy though. I think we all need those anyway. Yeah, I think yeah. we should. All I think of that's us. a good point. That that you're right. Life ins insurance is is key because when people when when money starts being affected, then things change, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's. You know, that's an attitude that we have established um, as a people. And I'm not saying that it's totally our fault because a lot of things, we're, most of us, are our families are new to even being able to be middle class, right? Yeah. Um, so you have the, the idea that I'm not going to, you know, give all my money to my kids. They got to work for it just like I did. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's that attitude is... is, is is counterproductive to us, us moving forward. Even what you know, you were you brought up a point earlier. We were just talking about the idea of family and and what we consider. We have a lot of internal attitudes that that are totally contradictory to us ever achieving that wealth. You know. Yeah. Okay. So, matter of fact, because uh, yeah, a friend of mine and I were having this conversation because, like, I'm I'm 38. So I'm I'm you know close to forty or whatever, and and a lot of us are in, in this range. We're we're 
either married and kids or or starting to get married or you know family is becoming a lot more uh, a bigger part of our daily lives right and so uh, we thought about it and it was like yo when we were 19 and 20 and we were quote unquote chasing hoes we were really taught to abuse each other we were taught not to value each other and now in our in our older age we want to find someone that we can can settle down with and appreciate and have that type of relationship with but we almost don't know how to to uh, uh, to to treat someone in that type of relationship because we were taught young to run the streets. Mm. We you were know, taught young. And you know the flip to, side to, of that. Uh, dip and dash. She she got baggage as well because it's probably somebody else that was dogging her out. So right. now she's bringing that baggage and mm-hmm. it's, it's but it, it starts. Yeah, it's, it's that's the start of the breakdown of of black women and black men. And that's I think that's that's our community's biggest issue because. You have men, women that teach their sons to, to, to play the game and be a heartbreaker because someone did that to them and they don't know any different. And then you have women that are used to taking care of themselves and are not prepared to even be a part of a relationship because they've been taught I have to do this by myself. Man, Rod, how many times have you you got a black woman upset? And she, well, I, you, I, you just ain't going to do nothing for me then. I won't ask you to do nothing else. Oh, I don't need you. I could do it myself. Yeah, man, I, I that's y'all that. go to. Y'all love <laughs> to that. withdraw in, to close up, and all. And it's like you, you feel vulnerable yeah, you, by by bridging that gap. And well, it don't because have to be. because we, well because you know that's been something that's been held over your head. Well, I can go be with all these different people, and so as as a woman, that's your what what else, what would be the next go to? He he, you know, he threatens to leave, or he's dealing with another woman. It, it, it's only a it's a defense mechanism. It's just like a, a turtle going into a shell. Like you're not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and allow you to take shots at me. So I'm gonna let you know you can go do what you want to do. I'm still gonna be okay. But in the end, our community is not okay. And then we also have parents that are saying, and I think you know, be honest. And I talked about this. Like we want our children to be set up to where I want my children to be more successful. You and I were talking about this the other day. I don't. I don't want them to struggle like I did. You know, that's not my goal for them to struggle. My goal is to put them in position so that they're able to be automatically more successful than I am. And I've, I've run into people that are like, well, no, I, I want my kid to have to get out there and work for it. And it's like, that, 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 <laughs> <You're> stupid. <laughs> what is stupid. that? I mean, They what? need to understand work. They need to understand right. the the art of work and right. how to navigate working and how to be self-sufficient if need be. But you don't want them struggling to get an interview from an artist. You don't want them struggling no. to, to keep a retainer on a client. You know no. what I'm saying? You don't want them struggling to find somebody to manage or book. Or you don't want them to have to go. You you will hope that the platform that you've provided allows them to cut some of those corners. Right. Because trust me, other races are cutting corners. They are, I remember mm-hmm. being Nepotism. in college. They automatically yes. get a job. Go, being in college with going to the University of Oklahoma, which a school that's been in the news for having racial issues consistently um, and those students when they graduated their parents placed them in a job and I remember even hearing that the because I graduated you know your graduating class gets smaller and smaller as you get ready to graduate and I remember hearing guys say oh my dad took me and gave me money for the engagement ring oh she's going to work here you're going to work here we're going to buy you guys first house and that is a huge head start 
you know, to getting out and the, and the black guys are being told, oh, well, you go play the field. And then now you got two or three babies. By the time you meet that woman, your check is split three or four different ways. How are you going to build wealth? And then on top of that, you want your child to have to go struggle. They're already struggling. They're struggling because you're their parent already because this parent has a friend who owns a, a technology company and he's going to give his son a six-figure salary. The degree is just, a, it's just you know, that's just for you to put on paper. You already, your, your future is already secure. So while we're sitting here holding on to all these Hard work and struggle. It's a. It's all a. It's keeping it real. We keeping yeah. it. We keeping it real. It's bullshit. It real. I'm it's giving. <laughs> it, I'm giving it to my son. Yeah. You know, and um, that was why I started late. You know, I was in my thirties when I did it, but um, I started a, a, a life insurance policy on me. And, um, you know, he don't never like to talk about it. Like, I tell him that's the envelope right there. I showed it to him. He's like, yo, I don't want to hear about that. You know, because nobody want to face the reality that I'm not going to be here forever. Right. But one thing for certain and two things is for sure, little man going to be straight. You know what I mean? And if nothing else happened for me, you know what I mean? Like, I gave you something that ain't nobody never gave me. You know what I mean? Like, you going to get... Like, in one shot, ain't no weight payout. You know, you just got to be at the right state of mind to do the right thing. Right. If you blow that, you that's know what I mean? You, I hope I you had fun. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, and that's what we have to do. You know what I mean? We have to pass down that generational wealth. But speaking about the breakdown of the black family, right? If we're going to really talk about that, we have to talk about, like, policies and procedures and stuff that happen. And when you look at... The war on drugs, when they started locking up the black man, right after that, they came in with welfare. And with the welfare system, that's when they took the black man out of the house. Requirements. Yeah, you couldn't have a black man living with you. You know what I mean? Then if you did come around, you know, female was like, look, I don't need you. You know, I ain't even got to go to work. You know what I mean? And I'm getting checks. You know what I mean? In fact... It's evaluated by how many kids I got. You know what I mean. So you can come give me some more kids. But you know so what? So I think that 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 and that was strategically done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These these people study things, man. They study trends and they can tell you right now what the economy gonna look like in twenty twenty. You know what I mean? So they they are we dealing with wicked people. You know what I mean? That sit in back rooms and, and compile all this information and can predict what's going to happen. And that's what we need to do. When we talk about coming together, we need to have our greatest and brightest minds sit down and formulate how we're going to combat this police brutality. Because let me tell you something. There's so many of us. We have the knowledge. We 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 have the solution, but it's going to take us to solidify it and then to put it in motion. Yeah. 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 I was going to uh, when you said some moment ago, it, it popped in my head because I was thinking back. One it is so this is why it's so important to know your history. So you have an idea as to what was going on and how not to fall in those same traps. But I was thinking about because you mentioned Brown versus Board earlier. Education, yeah. Um, when the education system was integrated and they started letting us go to their schools, mm-hmm. right? Well, what they did was they shut down 
our schools. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They closed our schools and fired a lot of our black teachers. Yeah, right? 86,000 black teachers lost their jobs. So what they did was they integrated the students, but not the teachers. So those teachers mm-hmm. that had our well-being at heart and came from our cultural background was no longer there. Mm-hmm. Now we had Miss Ann telling us what to do. And what year was and what that? what not to do. What year was that? That was uh, 1954. <laughs> Let me tell you about 2014, <laughs> 13, North Atlanta High School. Did you, are you familiar with yeah. the situation that happened there? No, I'm not Which? familiar with the situation, but okay. I, I know the so school. So post-2010, I don't know exactly what year it was. Um, the administration in its entirety got caught mm. side-chaining black kids to regular diplomas not allowing them to be part of the IB program, which is the elevated mm-hmm. graduation program yeah. in, a, in, a, in a national baccalaureate. Yeah. So all the white kids were given the keys to the international baccalaureate. All the black kids were like, no, nah, you need to do this and mm-hmm. get this regular general diploma. You don't, don't, don't do the AP courses, you know. And seriously, the entire administration got walked out of the building. This is in post-2010. They fired so, all of them? Yeah, they walked them out. But, but the thing, though, is that it was happening it, for so, so long. long. And, yeah. it, and it, it was post, quiet. It's post-2000. And it but was you know quiet what? because when there was the scandal with the, with the test APS, scores, yeah. mm-hmm. AP, yep. that was nationwide. Yeah. Like, everybody yeah. was calling me from all over. Oh, my God, the black... You know, administration is cheating, and that. But this situation, and I knew about it because I had a, a friend whose son went to the school. Very, very quiet. You guys didn't even know about it. You know what I mean? So it's again, it's the narrative, and it's us missing out on opportunities. You have no idea what one of those students could have done if yeah. given the opportunity. You know, my son went to is at an amazing school that was he had the opportunity to get where he's at because he was in that program. You know what I mean? Right. And so you you have no idea what small things can change the trajectory of someone's life and a student could tap into something that they had no idea they had the ability to achieve. And let me add on to that. You know, um, which is sad, like I said, sometimes we take on the role of the oppressor, right? Because, you know, we talk about racism and white supremacy all the time, but sometimes, man, our own people do it to us. Most of the time, unfortunately. These these was... No, we, we ain't going to go on black people like that. We're going to stay on cold. Nah. But no, it, the reality of it is I'm not going to sit here and say we don't, you know what I mean? We play a big part in that, right? And that was one of the saddest days, man, when I watched them arrest all them black people and send them to jail. They didn't care how old they was or how many years and decades they taught in the system. But what people didn't realize was, was that... um. I think it was the No Child Left Behind mm-hmm. or whatever that was that Obama put in the place where schools are granted a certain amount of federal money. That was Bush for, put that in Bush, place. Yeah. It was Bush. It was No Child Left Behind. Yeah, but but this happened with with, with um um Obama. He had the race to the top, right? Which one oh, Obama was Obama? Obama was a race to the top, but, but right. Bush was No Child Left Behind, which allocated funds based on test scores, which is why those teachers were cheating che- on yeah. the test scores so they because kept- a lot of schools in Atlanta lost their accreditation after that happened mm-hmm. and they closed those schools. So they wanted to Clayton get that, County schools so, yeah, lost so their accreditation. Yeah, lost so, they their want, accreditation. so they wanted, to, yeah. get the, so they wanted mm-hmm. to get that money. You know? And then where did it keep... But the, but the problem with that is if you take the money from the school, that still doesn't fix the child's ed- education. So we live in Fayette County, which is a school that has a great school district, which is very close to Clayton County. In Fayette County, they would arrest you and you could serve jail time if you did not live in Fayette County, oh, yeah. but That's everywhere. in Clayton County, 
there was no accreditation for the school. So if you graduate from a school with no accreditation, it's going to be very difficult to get into a, a you know, a great college. But parents that would try to sneak and put their kids in that, mm-hmm. you know, so your your hands are tied. So taking away the funding. Felony, by the way. Yeah, felony. No, yeah, felony. There's, there, there's yeah. Uh, women that went to jail for that. No, several. Yeah. yeah. And I, there was literally not like what they would do is they would give students a special education diploma. You couldn't uh, get into yeah. Everest. With, you can't get I'm dead serious Because I literally Used to work for Everest Can you go to Clark with one of those diplomas No you can't but get look, no, Clark, you can't wow. get in Anywhere with a Special education diploma It's basically A certificate of attendance You did it Yeah, yeah. but look though But the, the crazy part about it Is though all that Accreditation stuff And all that funding Doesn't always go To the schools that need it No Because oh. the North South In Atlanta I mean I don't know Where you guys live Listeners But in Atlanta North of I-20 is the predominantly richer schools and the richer yeah. neighborhoods. South of I-20, it's kind of the cutoff line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. South of I-20 is where you have the, you know, the lower economic class people. So the funding that they're that they're working so hard for and cheating the test scores for, it's not even going to their schools. It's going to the northern county schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, but Which the is teachers, what it's all about the teachers anyway, get, the teachers get more resources. money. The teachers like, get, you get a bonus. Yeah, oh, right. if your yeah, students you do well on those every, tests. Every, every, every uh, quarter, you know, mm-hmm. Instead of you getting what four or five thousand dollars or something like that, you might get ten thousand dollars extra. And we yeah. all know that the teachers are teachers underpaid, are underpaid. Anyway. underpaid. I mean, well, that's what they're walking out in Oklahoma yeah. and Kentucky right now. But not only that, the schools, the tests are racially biased. biased and when teachers teach to the test, which is what you that you force them to do when they're going to get funding cuts because about like of the those standardized tests. The standardized yeah. tests. I don't know. I, I don't know that I agree that they're racially biased. No, I've heard that a lot, but I don't know that I agree with that. There are studies prove yeah, it. Yeah, no, studies. But, yeah, but do you, but, do you but, know the the person that uh, um he's a he's a um white individual um he has a, a, a they say he's a, a, a former Nazi mm-hmm. he came up with the whole notion of standardized tests right. testing people IQ IQ, and, IQ tests and, yeah. and, and different things like that yeah, and um, from the notion of you can look at a person's IQ to tell how intelligent they mm-hmm. is and certain words are more prevalent in, in in white households than there is in blacks. Right. You know what I mean? No, I get that, but that's not my argument. My argument is knowing that. I don't know if you guys watched the David Letterman interview with uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Did you guys yeah, see? It? Did. did you guys yeah. watch that? Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. No, it was no, recently. Re- he just oh, has a Netflix show, show that David oh, Letterman has. Yeah, show. watch it on Netflix. But do y'all remember he was saying that Barack Obama was saying his mother woke up like. Four hours before school And they had school first And then mm-hmm. he went to school mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not saying that Black households Need to wake up at 3am And teach their kids But damn it They could start Introducing some new words Oh yeah Absolutely <laughs> You know what absolutely. I'm saying yeah. Absolutely if, But, it, it, but it when, is. Are, when are the parents Going to do that When they're working 20 hours No no I get it I get it I'm, I'm not saying It's an easy it, solution it, it's, yeah, But I do not. think There is some Parental responsibility In that Because I don't think That there's You know Different children Are gifted at different things And when I, I taught school For one year And I learned so much About the school To prison pipeline Line, there was a lady named Marva Collins that started a charter school system. Um, if you look her up, she's she's she she was able to uncover the fact that there were so many things that were attributed to black students not being successful in white classrooms. Everything, especially when children are little, everything from the tone of a teacher's voice that reminds them of home to them not a so not being able to connect with a, a non you know kindergartners and first graders are used to what's They've been used to at home. Right. So she something as small as being able to tell a child, you know, the vocal tone, a little boy running around, and they yeah. hear, Timmy, now sit down. 
in as my house, that yeah, that's, that's that doesn't mean sit down. Can I play devil's right. advocate? Yeah. Do you need to? Be I, I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Because yeah. let's just say there were a hundred people in a room, right? Right. And twelve of them are different. Okay. When you say different, what you mean? They're just different. Let's just let's just keep it real general for right now because it's, I don't want to be specific yet. But let's just say there are hundred people in a room. It's my job to take care of those hundred people. Or it's your job. Or it's your job. It's our job. Mm-hmm. So those hundred people, we have to. We have to. Put out things that are in the greater good for those hundred people, right? But there are twelve people who are just, you know, they're a little different. They have a different upbringing, different styles, whatever. Are we really going to change policy for twelve people? 12 people. And well, the reason why I say that is because uh-huh. you know, black people are about 13 percent of the country. I'm not so sure that that classroom is supposed to be fitted for those those 12%. Well, the problem with that is this though. I I taught school at a in a predominantly black school. There there was there was actually not one white student in the class. Right. It was run it, by white people, I guess. No, I actually taught and it was black black you, teachers, but in those neighborhoods you have you have classrooms where there are no white students right. and they're taught by white teachers and right. the and and the children are being labeled um, ADHD and just you know bad. It. Chris, and all that I, no, of- I get it, but I'm saying if we're talking about standardization, because standardization is very hard to do. First of all, because it's almost it's damn near impossible to standardize something that's responsible for 300 million people. Right. So we have to kind of sometimes generalize things, blankets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There have to be blanket things as opposed to being very detailed. Unless there's a school that's specific to. Right. Black education for, for instance Like Umar Johnson Was trying to do The uh, Frederick Douglass School Or whatever right. Those types of schools Have the ability If, if that ever happens Those no, types of schools They have schools like that though Yeah but those mm-hmm. are the schools That you would expect, expect that If you're sending your school to, to your kid to public school You almost really Have to kind of like Well it's going to be White man's education Because it's Predominantly white country but you know what? And that's Actually, why, great that's why point. you got to train point. them before they go to school and right. after they come that's from school. That's what I'm saying. But not, on, not only that, if, if you're, because you're beige, I'm just going to pick with you a little bit. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So your other, right, just uh-huh. in terms of this conversation. Your, if your other, is it my job to make sure that your kids learn what they're supposed to learn and be successful? Or would it be your job to make sure that your kids are successful? You're, you're, me and you are on the same page. Okay, right. So with us being 12% of uh, or 13% of the country, it's our job to make sure that our kids have what they need to be successful. Because let's just be for real. The schools aren't teaching the kids what they're supposed to know Anyway, right. they're graduating and with an actual diploma where they can go to college and they're still not taught the information that they're supposed to have. Right. They still don't know what it, how to, to fix their credit or, or, or how to balance a checkbook. Or certain life skills How to have they emotional just, intelligence Right We're not talking about Emotional intelligence at all Right They just get mad And push everything inside Or push it down Whatever So The fact that they're, That we're We're forcing these kids To go to this school In this system And learn what we're told they're supposed to learn, right. but still and still expecting them to go out into society and be successful, it's a farce to begin with because they're not getting what they're supposed to anyway. Right. And we're the ones that's supposed to give it to them in the first place. So then if if we agree on that, and I'm not sure if the, the two of you agree as well, but if we agree on that, then it's almost like when Stefan Clark or someone like Stefan Clark gets shot and and we 
we get upset about it. Obviously, that's the natural reaction, but that isn't going to change because, it, again, we're still only 12 people in the room. And no matter how many times we yell and scream and protest and stop traffic for five hours, when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, we're still only 12 people in that room. So to Raheem's point earlier, there has to be something more strategic. That has, it has to be something. It can't be just a hooping and hollering. It's got to be something more intelligently put together right. that allows us to circumvent the need for fitting in or validity from their race or I think yeah I think the African proverb that says physician heal thyself is the is the best is the most simple best way it has to come from internal internal I think we have the resources I think we have the the knowledge I think that we the only thing we lack is the is is the togetherness you know what I mean that being able to be on the same page and really being able to work together to, to for a collective end that's the only thing that's stopping us at this point in my opinion and another thing right a lot of times when we say that we only 12 or 13% of the population I think that's a myth and a lie as well um and when you look at it and statistically you know in a couple of years Whites are not going to be the majority no more. You right. know what I mean? It's going to be Hispanics, you know? And when we look at people that's in the bottom rung of society, it's usually non-whites, right? So if we get blacks, Puerto Rican, and Asians, and other ethnic groups that are feeling the same blunt from racism and white supremacy— then our numbers increase And you know why we can't, Raheem? Because we call them cultural appropriators. When they, <laughs> when they try to be, but, they but try to know, be cool with us, you, we you call know, them you, names. You know what I don't like? And, and someone had a quote about this. Like, if you could um, share in my music and, and like what I do, something like that, you need to share in our pain. In other words, like, all these people that listen to Beyonce and Jay-Z and this, that, and the other. Like, if you're a fan of black music and black culture, I think it was if you share my blues, something, I, I, I remember the I get quote the yeah. But, you know, we have, it's just like everybody loves the black man until it's time to be a black man. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, yo, for instance, you know, like, take take... You know, make no mistake about it. What happened to that man is tragic. You know what I mean? Anybody that says that they don't want to be on the right side of history and fight injustice for this man because he preferred Asian woman, you 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 are a slave of a mental death and power. But be mindful. He his his baby mother was Asian. I didn't see her on the news. I didn't see nobody from the Asian community coming out saying that this was wrong. So in in situations like that, you know what I mean? You cannot alienate yourself from your people and expect to come back. You know what I mean? You ain't OJ. He wasn't OJ, and OJ can't even do that. You know what I mean? You see him, his latest picture, he got two white women. He ain't learned his lesson yet. (laughs) Or he knows his place. (laughs) but, but, But the thing about it is like, you know, where where is that woman's family at? You know what I mean? Like, y'all got, they got kids. Right. You know, yeah. where's the mother, the grandmother, the grandfather? Like, they haven't came out and said nothing. So it really makes you think, you know what I mean? He, It might have been better if he was with a black woman because she would have been all over the news. <laughs> That's with, a great note. That's with a the great hair rollers <laughs> and the hair and all that and the kids in the arm like this in right. front of Don Lennon right. screaming and shouting. You know what I mean? And the Asian and the Asian woman should have been doing the same thing. You know what I mean? I don't 
don't I don't know what a situation is. Everybody, you know, deal with grief differently. Right. But man, you know what I mean? And yo, please, anybody that's viewing this, like, leave his brother alone, man. You know what I mean? That man is suffering from trauma. Everybody deals with it differently. Right. You know, he may have some mental illness problems. Yeah. If he didn't before, he got it now. You and it doesn't I mean? matter. Like, that has nothing to do with what happened to him. The, the, the criticism that people are giving his brother, again, is just taking the emphasis off right. the fact that he was gunned yeah. down like a wild animal. and Eight and times in the back. Eight times in the back. In his like, yard. I, Unbelievable. So right. we, why are we having a conversation about how unintelligent his brother sounds or who he wanted to date? I think anyone speaking on that, and, you know, as Yurahim said, it's not a lot of people, but that type of conversation dis- distracts from the important part of that. And it takes it just takes away from the brevity of what is happening. Like that is, we would not, in America, a, a dog, if that was done to a dog, those people would be in jail. Peter would be throwing Harambe. blood everywhere. I, the, the, right. the gorilla who actually mm-hmm. took a child, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like to see animals hurt either, you know, but it's just... It's unbelievable, and for for those of us that are still caught up on you know who people date and and what a person is doing in their time, it that has nothing. We all deserve to be treated as human beings. But you know, I'm gonna say this real quick. I think that our we're so we were born into this, right? We were born in America, and so we're so far removed from our our. Uh, native culture and native values that we we're all confused in one way or another we don't exactly know where things go mm-hmm. right and so we're, we're trying to sort all of this this stuff out um but and and i think it comes out in in these tragedies that are like we picked up kind of like killmonger's character we picked up some of these ills because of where we were born into, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. of the environment that we're in. We learn to be a little bit more kill, 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 murder, 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 a little bit more cutthroat with each other, right? Family ain't as important as it as it was, as it used to be. Right. Right? Because my family hurt me. The ones that were supposed to take care of me, now I'm coming back to to throw it in y'all faces. Right. So we we're still we're still hurting from that. You got to keep in mind that we're actually a nation of orphans. America has adopted us and and it's given us some things that maybe we can appreciate some freedoms that we wouldn't have um, if if we were, were were still home. But we but because of that, we will never truly appreciate what um we can never truly appreciate what America has given us because of the scars that it's given us as well. I have a different take on that. I have a different take on that. So, Raheem, I'm going to use you an example if you don't mind. You said you started late, right? As far as what? As far as putting money together and doing that stuff, right? So prior to that, what were you doing? Prior to that, just living life, trying to ball out of control, so, you know what I mean? And then, you know, um, <laughs> them folks sat me down they for a little while. They sat you down, while. so you had to sit still. down for a little and while, what, yeah. So what do you have to do? Start over, right, basically? From, from, from nothing. And I'm tired of hearing black people in America say, we don't know our history, we don't know our... Fuck it. It's time to just start the fuck over. This is our home. Hmm. We're here. We, we helped build it. it. We're never going to get connected to our past. 
We probably never will. So let's start the shit from 2016, 2000, or as far back as you want to go. Let's just start now because if Raheem had never sat down and started over, he'd still be balling out of control, doing whatever, possibly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but starting over is a reset. That's when you go back to square one. I don't care. You, we somebody you has to start. Somebody from now has to have starting the, wrong and going the wrong. Somebody direction. got to goddamn do but it though. We keep start. we keep talking about our history and our past and what country. Like half of us don't even. We're never gonna know. We're probably never gonna know. But what we will know is if we say today is the day that we start over. At least we got a date now. At least we got a a, a landmarker. We right can now, start with Black Panther. Oh, Black man. Panther movie. <laughs> we can start with Black Panther. That could be the beginning. February 2018. African Americans well, join together. And spend $1 billion. Join together and spend a billion one dollars quarter. on, one in a quarter. on one in a quarter. Uh, Black Panther. There is Worldwide. no better way. Take one in a quarter and spend it on elementary genocide okay, now. First of all, <laughs> yes. But yeah. I'm just saying, let's celebrate that. Because yeah. as, right. as, yeah. as, that was a huge victory. It was the most, oh, yeah, absolutely. most tweeted, most documented. You know, uh, talked about movie in history via social media, so we can we can and and I think it allowed us a what if I think really that was you know the reason that people loved it so much, especially African Americans, because it allows it allowed us the fantasy of what if we didn't come here, what if what would that have looked like if we had been able to stay where we were? This is who we and and there was no. You know, we were you, uncolonized. We were uncolonized. So it, it gave us a great fantasy and it also showed us in a regal sense. It allowed us to see our homeland not in a sense, uh, not through the colonizer's eyes or not through white America's eyes, but as a as a place of royalty and and technology and intelligence and 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 respect. And and it it did a lot for us as a as a people, I believe. As as small as that sounds, a movie, but usually we see Africans and we were taught when I was little, Africans see Seemed savage and uncivilized, and Primitive, this was this allowed us to see ourselves in a different way. Okay, so now we have we all did that together. That was a huge accomplishment for for Ryan Coogler at thirty a thirty one year old black man had the most successful move a superhero movie to date. Okay, so look, two thousand eighteen <laughs> moving forward, and, they, and, you know, and, and you know, you know, a lot of people. This is for the people that are saying, yo, black people went and spent a million dollars and gave it to Hollywood. First of all, all those black actors got paid. Yeah. And I think it was, I forget the well. number of amount, but if you go on, on uh, AJC, they tell you how much millions of dollars was spent in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. With, with black, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with black Businesses, individuals right, right. from craft services to wardrobes to stylists. Catering, you know, they, all Catering, that. yeah, they shot it at Tyler Perry Studio. So I think it was like $26 million or something like that was spent in production right here in Atlanta. Right. And then not only that, um, the, the, the uh, director of it, he has now in his... Um, uh, um, in his package, like if you want him to direct your movies, there has to be a certain amount of diversity in his cast and crew. That's stipulated in his writer agreement. That's the only way he's going to get on board. Right. So a lot of good things came out of this. Now it shows Hollywood and other people mm-hmm. that you know there's a narrative that need to be told, and it need to be told by the individuals. You know what I mean? So yeah. other individuals can come behind him and make 
movie. So I, I think that was a good thing. But on the flip side of that, it showed a lot of uh, uh, racist views. Like, did you hear about what they were saying in China? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, I don't like this movie. Yeah, There's they were no totally against it. There. it was too many, it's too black. too many it's blacks. Right, right. That's all yeah. you see in here was blacks. I didn't, and they, and they said it. They admitted it yeah. that when they think of blacks, they think of entertainment and hip-hop music. Mm-hmm. Like, why I have to watch that and see all of that? Like, they mm-hmm. could have put someone else in there. You even had some Hispanic folks was like, yo, when we yeah. going to get an all-Hispanic movie? But the, but the beautiful thing, and there's always going to be haters, but the beautiful thing about that they is- They didn't hate show, on Captain America and Spider-Man. Well, well no, they did not. But, 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 but the point is, change always, there's always backlash to change. But yeah. at the end of the day, dollars speak. You yep. know what I mean? That's that. So and when that's you why prove they're gonna come out with that, it too. That, that's when you prove that blacks have the ability to, for there to be a black movie that actually does well nationally and internationally. Mm-hmm. Then people have to pay attention. You cannot get the same result when you haven't been able to show the the bankable you know dividends. It's like okay, money money talks and bullshit walks. So at that point, that opens up the and, and even with the Oscars this year and seeing so many African American. Uh, directors, you know, like yourself and, 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 you know, my mentor in my head, Ava DuVernay, and different people doing amazing <laughs> things. I'm still, whatever, doing amazing things. It's time for us to take these small victories mentor and push them. What? <laughs> your mentor in she your head? She is my mentor in my head. She was a publicist and she stopped. And she, she don't changed know nothing about it. You ever it met her? It doesn't matter. Yeah, no. I met her years no. ago before she... No. Mm, yes, no, I have. You never met that. No, I remember. I remember. I remember uh, when she was a publicist. Yeah. Uh, what's the name introduced her to Janice. me? No, Gil. Okay, Gil Robinson. Yeah. You know, he still works with her to this day. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I might need to send him a script or two. Be like, yo, why don't you pass this, man? Put this on her desk for me. Well, but you know what? I think it is just, you know, that, that movie was a, was a very uh, heartfelt victory that I think our, our culture needed, especially after 2017 and, the, and just hearing the... Just people were just getting shot, and it was just we were seeing it. It was the the, the visuals of that. So it seems like it's a movie, but it what it did for I me. Mean, you see little kids pointing at wanting to be wanting to be the the kid. What's the the Dora Milaje? You know what yeah, I mean? For yeah. to me to see little black girls want to be that is is something that we've never I've never seen in my lifetime. A, a, a little black girl want to be a brown skin woman without. Any European eccentrics, you know, accoutrements added, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? So, um, and then like I said, again, really just being able to embrace our homeland and see it in a different light. So hopefully that'll be the, that'll be the beginning of a difference in our, conf- our, our, our feelings of self. Hopefully. You know what I mean? And, and are, are you familiar with the, um, I know you are, with the Kenneth Clark study mm-hmm. with, the, with the dolls? Mm-hmm. What year was that again? I don't remember what it year it was. It was like the 60s, right? It was, it was maybe the 50s or 60s, but, but that, you know, that you know, was you, heartbreaking. But you know, oh, they, they, you know they did it again, right? Right. Recently. I saw that. But and it was no, you, you're talking about the study, just for the, the viewers. So you're talking about the study where the, the they put doll. the girls together yeah. and said, which doll is the happy yeah, yeah, doll? Yeah. Which yeah. doll is the smart doll? Yeah, yeah. That, which doll is pretty? Which one is pretty? Which, which on the, the color scale. Why this yeah. one's not pretty? And the black girl said, because she's black. That, yeah. So when I seen that little viral video where the little kids walk up to the movie poster, mm-hmm. this is me. That's me. Mm-hmm. I want to be this. I want to be that. Yeah. And, and everybody yeah. emulating them. Yeah. That study needs to be done in about five more years from now. Yeah, you, to see you what go the and you ask black kids yeah. which is the pretty doll because now they got dolls. Mm-hmm. 
So it was a lady that made a doll look like all the characters. Yeah, yeah. that'll you never know? happen. Well, you know what? I saw I saw <laughs> another video now where the little kid was crying because he was mixed. Oh yeah, and he was mad boy. that he wasn't full black. black. I yeah, sent it to be honest. I sent it to be honest. I sent it to be honest because I felt like he was upset. <laughs> no, I was, he was like, was but a... I want to be all the way black. I'm not black. Raheem, that'll never happen, bro. Because in five years, they'd be like, I want to be the transgender doll. It's too late. <laughs> We've gone we too far. Another... It'll never happen again. We're going to have to do that one next time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he I always can't... takes away from man, the joy. What? No. what? You Just don't think there's going to be live. somebody? <laughs> let us live. We're going to go there because it's definitely something... Because I, I feel, like, well, in, in terms of black peoples, we've talked about uh, sexuality as part of the agenda as well. So yeah, those yeah, are some absolutely. things that we got to iron out too. Absolutely. Not tonight. I think they're definitely trying to uh, feminize the black man. You know, um, when you have that warrior spirit and you're an alpha male, yeah, there's there's a real problem. Buck training, there's a real it's, problem. The, it's the buck training from the slavery. Hey, he, Same thing. I, I had a girl tell me one time that um she didn't want to introduce me to her parents um because she first she said I was too manly. I'm like, what the hell that mean? You know what I mean? And then you know she kind of was like, well, you know, you're from New York and. You know, my parents are from the South. And I was like, I know how to be respectable and all of that. But then when I seen the individuals that she used to date, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I see the stark uh, di- difference. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm going to give them a firm handshake, look them in the eye. How you right. doing, sir? And he probably wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, man, there, there, there's, a, um, there's a campaign, man, against um, alpha males. You know what I mean? You're not going to get certain type of jobs. You know what I mean? You're going to be casted as the outsider. And, and and it's a shame, man. You know what I mean? Because... um, It's crazy because you definitely um, won't get a leadership job. And that's what your job is. As an alpha, you're a leader. Yeah. And you're not going to you're not gonna get that job. Can I but just see, say this is that the there's thing, an outbreak of men thinking that they're alpha hey. males who really aren't There is. There is. There is. Yeah, but, yeah, but, there is but like there I is. told you, though, everybody... I mean, I don't think that there, there are some people who are... Savvy enough to know when to be more alpha than than not. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of bullshit artists. Yeah, some guys are not alpha. They're just angry. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, but even even so, I think that the misconception comes when people feel like there's more than one alpha in a room that they got a battle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and the 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 winner is the guy who's the most alpha. Yeah, but a, a, I think that. That alphas understand how to navigate around each other, and if they truly are that, they have no problem working with or around. Mm, I don't know a nature that usually fights to the death. See, well, but that, that's what you. That, I mean, that, they're not smart though. We're humans. We've hey, elevated. Even, yeah, we're a lot even in the Bible, they wanted to kill all of the uh, all of the male childs because, and yeah. that was that was part of controlling the population. So you know, and, it, and when you, it's still going. Yeah, and when you look at that story with Moses, right? I like to tell people, like, um, you know, when you look at that story, Moses, right, when he was in the palace, right, mm-hmm. ain't nothing happened. As soon as they put him out of the palace and then he felt inequality, what was the first thing that happened? He killed. He killed you know what I mean? So when you take a person out of their natural, they, 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 they natural habitat and you put them in an alien environment and they got to fend for themselves or they experience inequality... 
you know, it's fight or flight. Yeah. You know, so that's why a lot of times when you see a lot of crime in black areas, it's systematic. You know what I mean? They knew this was going to happen. That's why they call it the project. It was a project that they developed, put together, and they watched it materialize. Well, we want to thank Raheem Shabazz. Now, I want to thank y'all, man. I like this, <laughs> man. Y'all got four mics, man. Y'all sure y'all don't need another co-host? This, this is for the guests. This is for the guests. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we want to thank Raheem for coming and hanging out and definitely encourage people to go to how can people get the the DVDs? They yeah. can go to elementarygenocide.com and if you go, we got a combo deal, right? Where you get a discount. 20% discount. You buy all three at the same time, right? And guess what? We're gonna take care of shipping and handling. You ain't even gotta pay shipping and handling. Or if you want, you can go to Amazon. We got a um 35% discount on Amazon right now. Um this one and this one are bestsellers, and this one right here is the People's Choice. So this is getting ready to be a bestseller. So you better get it while it lasts, cause um there will oh let me say this there will not be an Elementary Genocide Part Four, and the reason why is because if you didn't get it in one, <laughs> and you ain't get it in two, and you ain't get it in three, then you wasn't you interested <laughs> anyway because the last. 20, 15 to 20 minutes is solution orientated. You know what I mean? So these documentaries are a call to action. You know what I mean? And this ain't for the faint of the heart. You're going to watch this. You're going to be upset. You're going to be enraged. You're going to probably want to smack somebody. But what you should do is get out in your community and bring about change, man, because that's what it's about. And I thank y'all for having me, and I definitely want to come back. Oh That's yeah, what's up. we Absolutely. definitely got. I just have don't want to come back when y'all talking about that other stuff, that <laughs> <laughs> other crazy stuff. Hey, these are all over the hood too, man. Yeah, like, oh like, man, they bootlegging me if like you've crazy, seen, man. Dude, I got one. A dude ran up on me. I'm embarrassed to say it, man. But <laughs> nah, dude cool. ran up on me at the Chinese. I was getting some Chinese food or whatever, man. Over dude there by the there. Kroger. He gave me three for ten on Stone Mountain. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they. So, they, yo, they in, I seen them in gas stations. They in, yeah, they in London. They all over the world. Yo, this was a site I got shut down recently, <laughs> right? Yo, they had over a million downloads. Hey. I'm like, yo, if I'd have got 99 cents for every download, you know where I would be at right now? <laughs> Man. I'd still be in front of people talking about elementary right. genocide, but I right. probably just, I might have a... Uh, uh, African dashiki made a diamond or something like that. <laughs> but I'd still be the same person. But yeah, yeah. You know, at first I was mad. I stepped to a couple of people, you know what I mean? And I came in a cold current and people was like, come on, man. They just trying to make money. Nah, I mean, taking money out of my pocket. But then I was just like, yo, you know what? You know, more people that, that get the information, the more impactful it is. It, it, it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? But I, I need y'all to start... Uh, bootlegging Captain, uh, what is it? Captain America, Spider Man, and all you know. Just don't, don't, don't bootleg. Just you know, independent <laughs> movies. We gotta put that in the code. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta write that yeah, in the code. You know what I mean? And you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do. It ain't, it ain't no solution to that. But I am gonna um, do a project where. It's not going to be no physical copies. It's just going to be DVD. I mean, um, streaming. Mm-hmm. No, not even downloads. You're just going to be able to stream it. Word. You know, because that's where everybody's at with it. Well, yeah, let me know. I'd definitely like to be a part of that, and let's see if we can share that on, on our platform as well. Okay, so, we okay. Definitely, we definitely so you got support. all three of these? Yeah. You you seen all of them? I haven't seen all of them. I've Which seen one? the first one. You seen the first one? 
Let me see. Which one I want to get? You need to give me the third because I don't have a third. Uh, I had a first two. Because yeah, I, 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 I don't have, I, I got to keep, I don't have a lot of these. Yeah, these I got that. I was around yeah. for the beginning. Well, again, thanks so much to Raheem Shabazz. You guys, definitely, we hope that you guys will uh, leave comments. Of course, share this video. You know, we, we, we were a little bit serious today, but this is a very important topic. We want to hear your feedback on today. And definitely tune in next week. I think we're going to uh, tackle another very important yeah. issue. What's, what's the topic for next week? Well, I think we're going to have a trans... We're about transgenders and... Uh, Are we talking about that next week? I think so, yeah. Okay. I got one. Bring right. your friend well, up here. Well, you did... Yeah, you interviewed... You going to uh, bring your friend up here? Such and such. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the person's name, but yeah. You, you met him, right, Raheem? You no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was there when uh, she was doing it. Thank you. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> like, share. It's at the bottom and shit like that. All right, bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Music Love Life.